Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. In the second part of the podcast, um, Dave starts talking about the various fads that is happening in the software industry and how sometimes it, it could be um, limiting. But at the same time, he also shares about the fundamentals that one has to focus on and that creates a strong foundation, if you will. And he also shares about how he balances um, this uh, your speaking engagements and how he, the reason why he started uh, you know getting into the conference circuit and uh, there's very very interesting anecdotes around uh, the the various inflection points that he's had in his career and uh, don't uh, miss the wonderful concentric circle advice that Dave shares with all of you listen on I think that is the crux of uh, software industry in terms of create a nice environment and let them work together. Uh, I mean, yes. uh, if we can make it happen time and again, I think uh, it's 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 a true recipe for success in my view. Um, yes. uh, sometimes I I have seen you comment about uh, you know object oriented programming. Uh, after that, you know functional programming. Lots of new new terms keep coming. Uh, are these fads that are coming in, uh, I mean, now recently using blockchain, NFT, these new technologies, new aspects come in. What is your perspective of it um, in terms of um, the trends that are coming? I, 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 think that, I think that we are a faddy industry. I, I, I think that we do, you know, as developers, as technical people, we get, we get distracted by, oh, look, there's something shiny and exciting. Not all change is like that. I, I think there's something important in the ideas of functional programming. I don't think there's as much importance in it as, as some other people think that there are. I don't think it supersedes other forms of programming, but I think it's a, a, a very useful tool in the toolbox. I the One of the ideas that landed very profoundly with me relatively early in my career was the idea of object orientation. It's still the way that I think about solving problems. Usually it's a, the framework that I hang on my design skills, you know, uh, onto, I suppose. But, but I think there are often new things, but I, I do think that we are, we are prone to be looking in the wrong places. Uh, the ideas that I find interesting are not really anymore the new shiny ideas and and i don't think that's just because i'm a boring old man now but i think it's because I, I i think that there's something deeper going on i think that i think you are not going to make you know you're not going to guarantee your there are no guarantees you are not going to give yourself the best chance of success by picking a particular language or a particular technology or a particular framework to build your software with i don't think it works like that I think that the the hard parts of software development are in some ways more profound than that. 
but also more durable. I don't think that they've changed very much in a long time. So I would argue that the fundamentals that are generic, whatever the nature of the technology, are much more important and much more valuable to us as software developers, software engineers even, um, to help us build better systems. And I would call out things like, so So my latest book is called Modern Software Engineering, where I try and explore these ideas. And I divide the ideas up into two groups. I think that software development is always an exercise in learning. And therefore, as professionals, we need to become expert at learning. And we are building these days and for a long time now, building systems that are more complicated than we can hold fully formed in our heads. And therefore, we must learn to manage the complexity of the systems that we build. So in order to help us learn, we need to work iteratively. We need to gather feedback. We need to build software incrementally so it evolves over time. We need to work experimentally so we can try stuff out and all of those kinds of ideas. And then in order to manage complexity, we need to take modularity seriously, cohesion, separation of concerns, coupling uh, and abstraction. And if you build software that is modular, good cohesion, nice separation of concerns, it is impossible to build software that looks like that and a big ball of mud at the same time. It's not possible, by definition, almost, because if it's modular and cohesive and a good separation of concerns, it's not a big ball of mud, by definition. Now, there is no language that you can you can say, if you use this language, you can't build a big ball of mud from it. You can build a big ball of mud with functional programming, and you can build a big ball of mud with procedural programming or object-oriented programming or any other form of programming. But... If you focus on it, your software being modular, cohesive, good separation of concerns, reducing coupling, using good lines of abstraction in your designs, then you will rule out some of those dumber ideas and give yourself, chances, yourself a better chance of success. And so I, those are the kinds of ideas that the, these days interest me much more. And I think are much, and that is true, whatever the nature of the software. I've been talking to some people recently that are building um, plugins to existing systems and they're using continuous delivery and they're designing these things to be modular and so on. These things apply. These things apply to software, even if it's low code or whatever else. These ideas are just durable. They are just fundamental to the way that software works. And so they seem more important to me. But as an industry, we tend not to talk about those, instead of which we're arguing about which IDE to use and whether language X is better than language Y or not. And it's the same test-driven development. We call it ATDD, we call it BDD, we call it... I mean, so many different, different acronyms we say. In the end of the day, it's just, uh, I mean, get the testing done early and then start developing. I think sometimes yes. I find us... Uh, complicating and uh, what happens is uh, they, uh, sometimes who uh, somebody who's let, let's say they've taken a break of a couple of years in the industry and they wake, I mean, they come back and when they hear new fad there is a sudden nothing that oh maybe I should not join back particularly this is more for women uh, who have taken a break and come back they feel that no very yeah. intimidated see uh, sometimes uh, some of these terms are intimidating right for a you know novice person I feel sometimes you should just keep it simple and just talk basics, right? Basics, if we yes. get it done, uh, 
in i mean uh, no other industry is like this right if you go to civil and all of that they just use a different mineral but not so many jargon <laughs> Interesting yeah, I, 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 I certainly think that we take it to an extreme. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that other industries are, I don't know, maybe accountants argue about what kind of ledger to use. And I don't know. But I think we'd certainly take it to an extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think one of the things I, I, I think you, you are exactly right. I, I was in a conversation recently with some some people on the development team, and I was talking kind of general terms in what I thought was a reasonably simple way of the design. And one of the people that I was talking to kept translating it into helm charts. I'm going, well, yeah, but not really, you know, because the, the, because I the, because the, the shapes that we were discussing weren't to do with any particular technology. It wasn't wasn't about that. It was about you know the structures, it, you know, the coupling between you know the account that I'm trying to do and the order that I'm trying to place is more important than whether that's you know written in XML or not. <laughs> Uh, Dave, uh, we spoke about, uh, you know, the fads and uh, what, uh, I mean, how do you make it simple? And I know you are extremely popular in the conference circuit uh, in terms of uh, talking about it. And I see your uh, LinkedIn posts. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't remember the last account. I think 10K plus followers you have and you highly engage set of groups. So uh, I have two follow-up questions on that. One is I know you're influential and by way of writing books. But in the real time where you have conferences as well as having a social media presence, how do you manage all this with the YouTube presence and all of that? How do you manage mm. your day? I don't know if it's too personal to ask this question. If you don't mind answering, that will be great. No, that's fine. Uh, it, it, it's... Uh... It's hard work, <laughs> but uh, so it, it happened by accident, really. So, so I started initially talking at conferences, uh, actually, while I was at Elm. I, I spoke a little bit at ThoughtWorks, just occasionally, but very rarely. I'd done, I'd done two or three conferences by the time I left ThoughtWorks or something like that. But because I was busy, I was busy working on projects at Elmax. Um, at, we were a startup, and one of the things that we were struggling with was recruitment. So we, want, we, we were in the finance industry in London, which is a centre of finance, financial development, and we were competing with banks with lots more money than us. So we couldn't afford to pay. So we need to make it a cool place to work. We need to make it obvious that it was a cool place to work. So I started talking at conferences to try and help you know, promote how cool it was, the stuff that we were doing. And I got interested in doing that kind of thing. And then, I, you know, started writing books and so on. And I was doing that for a while. And um, I was speaking at conferences then as I became an independent consultant, I suppose partly as kind of an advertising sort of thing. The pandemic struck and I started all my consultancy work stopped initially uh, with the first lockdown. So, so I had this idea about trying to record some of my conference presentations and put them on YouTube. And my son, who's a digital marketeer, said, well, no, if you're going to do YouTube, let's do it properly and taught me how to do it properly um, and started a YouTube channel. So now we release videos multiple times per week. And so I'm always working on content. But 
I get a lot of help. So, so, so there's a small team of it. So, so, so my company's tiny. So there's my son, me, my wife, and we've got a few other largely family members as um, you know part-time uh, members. But my son, my wife, and I, my eldest son, my wife, and I work on it together. So um, Tom, my son, helps me with some of the. Uh, the marketing stuff, the uh, and, and and that kind of thing. I generally write most of the content. Kate, my wife, helps me with the sort of business strategy and those sorts of things. So they take some of the load off and, and allow me to do the some of the um, content production stuff a bit. So they take some of the load off, I, I suppose, and you know help out occasionally on social media and those sorts of things. I try and make a balance between producing new content and responding on, on social media because that's part of my life these days. And um, <laughs> I suppose the other part is that I work too hard. I, work, I got into a bad habit of working very long hours uh, during the pandemic because there wasn't much else to do. So, uh, so, so at the moment, I'm trying to wind that back a little bit and find ways of working more efficiently, uh, but managing my content. I, I'm I try to respond to people honestly and engage with people and try and help people online. Um, if you've sent me a message and I didn't respond to you, I'm very sorry. I try my best, but I get more messages than I can cope with um, sometimes. So, so, so it's it's tricky but um but i love it at the same time because i get such lovely i th i think our philosophy is to try and be generous in terms of the content that we produce we produce a lot of good stuff for free there's a lot of what i think of good advice um, on my youtube channel and and you know blog posts and other places that i hope helps people and i know helps people because i get feedback from social media saying we tried this thing that you said on that video in this video and it's working for us or we did this you know we we, we did this thing and we found this bug and it's just fantastic I, you know that's such a nice um fulfilling kind of thing to do from my point of view so i'm i balance that with trying to find ways of making a living from my content at the same time and uh but it's interesting it's challenging i, I we're trying to find ways of scaling this at the moment so so we're one of the things that we're looking at is to bring some new people in to help promote you know talked about things on, on the on the youtube channel so we, we're looking at, at introducing some more presenters on the youtube channel over time this year and see how that will go um but, wow. but it's been it's been a fantastic it's been a fantastic journey so far and very very rewarding i can imagine right see um only when you speak to people real life instances you also understand what is working, what is not working in a different context. In most of us, I mean, I do mentoring and coaching so much of which only you, you only your universe is only so much, right? And then more and more you get people in, your universe also expands and kind of understand what it is. I think, um, uh, please let me know, happy to collaborate Dave, uh, at a, um, any, any point in time in um, uh, to creating content. I love the way you've structured your career, uh, Dave. I mean, starting as a technical staff and then learning programming and then building on it and it, uh, and starting the innovation journey 
along with uh, in the in the ad post 2000 bubble right and then running a, a technology firm in lmax and uh, now being a consultant and a worldwide driver and i mean when my you you're also a big influencer in how technology is shaping so um, any when you speak about your own career i'm sure you know you must be getting so many questions in terms of what is your inflection points in your career have you thought of that in terms of you know what were those key moments then it would have been extremely hard but you pushed through and make it happen I, I look with, with hindsight i can kind of see i can kind of see some of those inflection points um uh, my first my first technical job so so we're working working at um uh, apricot r&d was a big step for me because then i was a full-time professional programmer Great. and that was that was a big deal for me i i, I really i i really loved that and it was a great place to work for a while um the, the the company that i actually didn't mention when i was talking about my early career but i worked for a consultancy before thoughtworks that was a bit like thoughtworks but a uk version it was quite an innovative consultancy it was called parallax and that's where i met martin thompson um that was an inflection point because i met some really really talented people at that company and learned quite a lot there and, and doing some interesting things working for thoughtworks was certainly one of those inflection points because not only was i working with talented people again but i was also i was also working in a place that was it was obvious to us at the time that we were having some influence a wider influence beyond you know we there were lots of people that were writing and talking about big ideas what seemed like important ideas to us you know broadly and there were books that came out of thoughtworks and so on that were influential and so on um and so that was that was fantastic lmax is if i'm honest lmax is the most fun I enjoy what I do now because I'm my own boss and I'm doing my own thing. Until, but being other than that, being employed, LMAX was the best job that I had because the way, almost by accident, but the way it was structured was that the, the, the engineering was the you know a, an equal partner in the creation of the company. We we weren't we weren't being told by somebody that didn't know what they were talking about how to do the job we were we were partners and we were we were doing it together and we built this fantastic company and we built this fantastic technology too which 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 obviously pleased me those are certainly inflection points that um in terms of i suppose you know growing that influence through my through my career because you know to the point wherever it is now to where it is now and getting a wider reach the step to working for myself and starting my own consultancy which i was talked into by my wife <laughs> because she could say that i wasn't i wasn't particularly enjoying what i was doing at that point and so she was saying so why don't you just you know do your own thing for a while and enjoy it and and so that was that was the the most re well maybe not it's not the most recent one the most recent one was the pandemic and starting um the the youtube channel which was which was completely out of the blue completely by accident and never planned really it was just a, an accident of of the situation that we found ourselves in um but I, so i suppose there are lots of those inflection points but i'm not a planner i'm not somebody ever that looked for what was the next step in my career 
uh, you know, at the point at which I decided I wasn't happy where I was doing it, at that point, I'd decide what it was that I felt I was missing and what I was looking for. With hindsight, I went from kind of building product kind of things to building to doing consultancy and then back to building product kind of things to consultancy again and, and flip-flopped a bit um these days i i don't I, I tinker these days at software more than write real production systems um and i miss that a little bit but um but these days i think of myself more in the in the vein of the science communicators, people like Brian Cox talking about physics or David Attenborough talking about biology. And my job these days is to try and communicate so ideas in software to people, I think, more than do it myself these days. Excellent. I mean, see, I can clearly see your, you know, the growth and how things you have moved. It's very heartening to see that uh, being passionate about it when you start your career is one thing, but continuing to stay passionate and doing the hard work. Any content you generate or every time content has to be fresh. Otherwise, uh, quickly uh, you lose interest. And I think, and also culturally, you I know you speak a lot in the Europe and US region and coming you coming to India and addressing and understanding the nuances of culture. Because at the end of the day, humans are different. So I, I love it, Tadim. I think thank you for doing that. Doing what you um, any message that you want to give to our listeners, Dave? Uh, any piece of advice that you want? I I'm joining those two bits, of those two statements together that you've just made. So I, I I feel enormously privileged, enormously lucky that I happened upon by accident, really, something that I could love. For as a career for for my whole life, I I still love what I do for a living, and that's that's lucky. That's that's not hard work or, or talent on my part. That's just lucky that I happen to find something that I could love that I also pays the bills, um, and 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 you know that means that you know I, I i take a great amount of pleasure one of the things one of the things that I, I i love about software development as a profession is that it's hard I, I like that it's hard i like i like trying to solve hard problems and when my friend took me to dinner and said we've got a problem that nobody wants to nobody knows how to solve that's the kind of thing that sets off my radar and makes me excited oh could you know i wonder if you know it, that sounds like a great puzzle to work on and and great fun so that's the sort of thing that gets me excited i i, I do like those sorts of problems and software development in all sorts of different ways is full of those sorts of problems um i would say that this is a profoundly wonderful career so if, 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 as, as advice to people but it can also be it can also be wearing and it can also be difficult and my best piece of advice is to make the best of the things that you can control a friend of mine i know kari introduced me to something that she calls the soup exercise recently so the idea of the soup exercise is that you draw three concentric circles uh, and 
in the first sorry two concentric circles two concentric circles but there are three zones in the in the, in the center circle that's all the stuff that you've got direct control of that's the stuff that you can decide for yourself you've not got to ask anybody's permission to do make the best job that you possibly can of that get the most fun that you can get out of that because that's wholly in your control don't go saying I can't do design because my project manager won't let me or I can't write tests because that's in your control. That's your decision. The next circle, the stuff between the center circle and the next circle is the stuff that you can influence. So you can influence other people to do better, to, to, to give you the right kind of shape to your job. And as you do that, you've, find that your circle grows a little bit you have a bit more control and a bit more ability to make your own decisions and then everything else outside of that's in the soup you can't affect it you can't change it so don't worry about it and i really liked that model so you know my advice is you know is to try and get the find the the fascination the joy the interest the pleasure in that central stuff where you care about it you know and if you're doing a good job of that stuff, my experience has been, and I might have just been lucky, but my experience is, is that people will, will will notice and you'll get more stuff in your the stuff that you get to control. You can get more stuff to put your arms around, more stuff to be able to make your own decisions about. And and that will grow with your career. And uh, these days when I get involved in software projects, people listen to the things that I say because I've got a lot of experience of doing doing different things because over time I did more of that stuff. And it, it wasn't a plan, it wasn't a goal, but it's easy if you delegate the ownership of the stuff that is yours or should be yours to other people, it's easy to get burnt out and worn down by that. And I see often teams that suffer and people that suffer from that. So I... I think this is a, a fantastic job, but you've also got to take control of it for yourself to some degree and take responsibility. Professional duty. What's your professional duty of care? Own the responsibility for that. Take pride in doing a good job in the areas that are yours. Very nicely put, Dave. I think in terms of, I mean, knowing what you want to do and, and ensuring yeah. that you do a great job, that itself inspires people around you. And uh, that is, brings a positive cycle, right? In terms of ensuring that not only is your soul satisfied, you, somebody else also sees that you are hardworking yes. or you are being the best. I think that sort of brings the best in people. You don't have to tell. You don't have to create a nice presentation and say, be the best. And if you do, you do your daily. <laughs> daily and, and people are smart. And, uh, it just flows in. It's a wonderful day. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your, what you're doing for the software community. And thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, and thank you very much for asking me. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people's stories. If you like this episode, Please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.